Hello, everybody. Matt Odegaard here. Welcome back to Church Public. I would like to wish a happy Father's Day, a happy Father's Day weekend to each and every father out there. Thank you so much for your contribution. We need you and we love you and we thank you for all that you give to our families. And this is a great thing to celebrate for all that fathers do. However, unfortunately, there are those in our current culture who do not feel the same way. We're going to take a quick look at that today. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. Well, again, welcome back to Church Public. Thank you so much for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. It helps me and my family that you support, that you share, that you like. If you haven't already, you can check us out on churchpublic.com. You can go to Apple Music and Google and Spotify and anywhere else that podcasts are found. You can sign up, subscribe, like, give a review there. You can also watch this video if you are listening online. You can watch this video at YouTube or at churchpublic.com. If you go to YouTube, just search Church Public as one word. You can also check us out on all of the socials. Just search Church Public there. Again, thank you for your help in growing this. I want people to understand the connection between faith and culture because in this particular day and age, it is so important to understand what the culture is doing so that as believers, we can not just know the truth, but we can practice it. We can step into this world and help and do something about it. I have long believed and said more than once that I believe the family is really that crucial building block. It is that center point for all of society, really, because the family is where the values and the morals and really faith is built and grown. And the father plays a large role in that. You can read that in many scriptures throughout the Bible. God has set up our world and our relationships based on a certain structure. And that's just true. And it's been the reality of really life for almost all of human history. Our current culture does not agree with that. We've looked at many examples over the past few sessions. You can go back and watch or listen to any of those of where this culture is attacking the family structure and fathers is another one of those areas. I just want to start with a couple of scriptures as we get into this where we learn about God's plan for the father, God's order for our reality. The first one I want to look at briefly is just out of the story of Abraham. If you don't know, Abraham is considered the father of nations by both the Jewish people and us Christians because he began following God. And there's such great stories that you can go read about in the first book of the Bible in Genesis about his story and the way that he was faithful. And even Paul says his faith was attributed, attributed to him as righteousness. He was faithful even back then, and that led to greatness. And even as part of his story, he was to be the father of nations. And that is an important part of God's kingdom as we're talking about this, as we're talking about fatherhood. So Abraham is the father figure, and 
God chose him to be this. And, and the fact that God chose him to be this gives us a great example of that too. So I'm not going to read much of this story. Really, I'm only going to read probably one verse out of this. So you're going to have to go back and read the story of Abraham. If you're looking for something to read this Father's Day weekend, that would be a good one. He is a great example of a father. Some crazy stories in there. Some, uh, some infertility. Uh, for those of you struggling, there's some great hope through that and just God's provision. There's some crazy worship moments. There's some following God and faith moments. And there's even some, I'll just say sacrifice through worship moments. And I won't give the story away. Most of you know the story already. But in the sense that after you follow God and, and, and when you are faithful to him, he will provide often not in a way that you think he will. But this verse that I just want to read today is Genesis 18, 19, God saying, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right, by doing what is just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. I just love this verse because it not only gives this promise of God that he has promise to take care of Abraham, provide for Abraham, but it also sets up this order, and it spells that out, that Abraham is supposed to lead his family, direct his children to follow God and follow the way of the Lord. And that's really good. I'll read a couple of more. Um, and let's just look at Ephesians 5. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is perhaps a hotly contested verse. Some people don't like this and feel that it undermines women. I actually think the opposite because when Paul says, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, what he's saying essentially is, Jesus died for you and your sins Husband, you should love your wife so much that you're willing to do everything short of and maybe up until dying for her. And that is quite a sacrificial love, which is different than a lot of the marriage relationships that we see. This verse is important, though, for fathers because it points to the fact that as the man leads the family, he's supposed to sacrifice. He's supposed to lead. He's supposed to get in there and be part of it and... Um, sacrifice and, and, and give of himself sacrificially to the family. That is not sitting on the couch and watching the game after work every day or just sitting there and drinking and, and checking out of the family and being a passive observer of your family. That is the opposite of what this is talking about. So fathers, husbands, we have a role to play and it's a very important role to play. And if you live up to, if you believe this and you live up to this challenge, this is incredibly hard. This is not just sitting around and letting someone wait on you hand and feet. No, no, this is the opposite. This is serving until you bleed and giving everything that you have to your wife and your family, just as Christ has given everything up for us. So uh, that is a high calling, a high responsibility to be a husband and an even higher calling, a high responsibility to be a father because now you are not just in charge uh, of one relationship. You're in charge of all the, the people in your family. And if you have a kid or more than one kid, um, that's a lot going on. I, I tend to refer to my family sometimes as a circus because we're going in a lot of different directions. We have a lot of plates and rings uh, in, in different 
aspects of our lives and it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on, but it's a great challenge and uh, I love being part of it. So the other thing that I want to hone in on as, as we get to some of the culture and some of what the world is doing is just that this culture, this world is led by the devil. And we don't talk about that very often and we can't attribute every bad thing to the devil. That is true. However, there is a devil. There is a force of darkness in this world that has the goal of disrupting your relationship with God. And a big part of this society, and, and again, as I believe, this society is built on the foundational blocks of the family structure because that's where you grow your morals, you grow your values, you grow your faith in God. Um, as well as other educational pieces, to disrupt that for the devil is a huge win. A huge win. So that's going to be a big part of his campaign against you and against your family if you have one in that sense. And regardless, you're, you are, again, I, I know there's lots of different circumstances and, and I can feel uh, empathetic for those circumstances if you don't have kids or or other circumstances, but you've been in some kind of family. That, that, that's just the reality of it. And you play a role and you need to play a role in that family. And you need to lean in as much as you can in whatever role that you currently play. Even if you're not a biological father, there may be someone that you can mentor, disciple, and help. And that is an important thing too. But I do want to specifically talk about fathers today because, of course, we are coming up into Father's Day weekend right now. And uh, even if you're watching this after Father's Day, Every day is Father's Day, as far as I'm concerned. Like the, you don't get a break from being a father. You don't get to check out. You don't get to uh, to to call it quits. I mean, of course, take a break, take a nap every once in a while. My family laughs at me because I tend to go far and fast and, and do everything that I can. And so when I do sit down, sometimes my body just says it's nap time, and I don't really plan it. But apparently, whenever I sit down, I take a nap. It's not on purpose. It just when I stop, I stop. And when I go, I go. That's just how I am. That's how I was made. So they laugh at me. It is what it is. At any rate, back to fathers, because this culture is against fathers in a big, big way. So let's talk about some of that. There have been many articles that have come out in just the past year or few years where people on the left are specifically saying, we don't need fathers. Why would we ever need fathers? We, don't, we can take care of all of this ourselves. And I don't know whether that's mothers saying that or other people. Uh, there are some references to it takes a village, so let's get rid of the fathers who don't need uh, them anyway. But here's just some examples of some articles. The Atlantic said, are fathers necessary? This is an article. Their byline is, a paternal contribution may not be as essential as we think. That's a great statement, right? Love that. New York Times had an article that said, what are fathers for, question mark. In an age where more and more mothers are sole or primary breadwinners, do fathers bring anything unique to the table? Oh, that cuts to my heart. Cuts to my heart, New York Times. Um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try not to editorialize all of these. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read through of them, then, then we'll talk about it. Okay, so then there was a, a person who uh, was following up with this article. A person named Hannah Rosen authored another article or book called The End of Men and Rise of Women. Sorry, I should read it the way that, it, that it's written because it makes sense. The End of Men, colon, and the Rise of Women. In other words, implica implicating that men are over, so here we go, women. Anyway, they said, quote, 
I'm not sure whether a child needs a father. Sophisticated studies, sophisticated studies on single motherhood show that the circumstances surrounding each family, uh, such as poverty, instability, can be rough on children, comma, but not that single motherhood itself is an issue. And then this person, Rosen, goes on to say, quote, from my own experience uh, and my own decade or so of, of mother experience and intuition, the answer to what children need seems fairly obvious. This is continuing the quote. At least one loving adult who is stable, reliable presence, a few more loving adults hopefully thrown into the mix, and enough resources not to be constantly struggling. Beyond that, I leave the question of what comprises a family up to the ever-evolving ever American imagination. End quote. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to editorialize all of these comments because I have a lot of thoughts about each of them, but. I'll just say one thing about the question of what comprises a family to the ever-evolving American imagination. In other words, translation as far as I understand it, just go ahead and make up whatever family structure you want because there's no prescribed family structure. It can be whatever you want, like this thruple of guys that we saw where there's three guys adopting children in the relationship, where there's polygamy. Anyway, I I'm not going to get into all of that again. I got into that before, but... It it just, it, I'm sorry, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to me that you can just make up whatever kind of family you want. I, I guess I disagree with that. that that's, that's my stance. I'll, I'll move on with a couple more articles, and then we'll, we'll talk about these. HuffPost, uh, Huffington Post says, here's an article, fathers are not needed. The byline and a quote from this is, fatherhood, in particular, often arrives unexpectedly, even to those who have planned for it with their significant other. I'm just going to, again, it's hard for me not to interrupt this, but fatherhood arrives unexpectedly? I mean, oh, I don't even know what to say. Science? Like, anyway, you, you can figure that out and have that birds and bees conversation. All right, continuing on the quote. You may be asking why the traumatic reaction to a predetermined choice? I'd respond, this is them, them this is their quote. I'd respond with the question, how can one prepare for an experience so uniquely personal in nature? Literally, I don't even know what to say about that. This is me talking now. Uh, when you do certain actions, you can become a father, and then you become a father. And it is personal, but it's also, it's, I mean, it's personal and it's unique in that every child is unique. Yes. It is not unique in that every father has become a father, and every family is a family. I mean, that's, again, happened since the dawn of humanity, and the first family, and... I, again, th these are these are strange things. All right, no more editorials. One more article here. Huffington Post again. Jeremy Davies, the head of communications for the Fatherhood Institute. This should be good, right? Article: Three reasons why Father's Day should be abolished. First of all, again, I can't stop talking about these things. I don't understand how the head of the Fatherhood Institute can say Father's Day should be abolished, but we're just going to leave that aside for now and, and read some of these quotes. So here's here's a quote from that article. The last thing dads need, therefore, is less time being hands-on parents. If dads were given a day off on work for Father's Day, it might be worth celebrating him implicating, this is me talking now, him implicating that since Father's Day is Sunday, it really has no, no value because if you got, he goes on to say, I'll, I'll read the rest of this quote. 
he says, quote, if you're an employer who wants to keep your workforce happy, let your dads go home early on Friday or give them a day off on Mother Day, Mother's Day. Otherwise, let's see Father's Day for what it is. A wasted opportunity, end quote. A wasted opportunity. I mean, again, so his only point is the only value that Father's Day could possibly have is if you were at work and you get like Friday off, then Father's Day would have value. Uh, it's such a low view. Again, it, it, it just kind of irks me a little bit that this person is, it works for some fatherhood institute and, and I didn't really look up the fatherhood institute. And ultimately I don't really care because these, these ideas all come from somewhere that is not helpful to us, but it is important to understand this is the cultural context that we see almost across the board from a, a, a more than liberal and, and absolutely leftist perspective that the father is useless in society but i do want to address this particular quote that that like how low and sad a view of father is if the only thing you're good for is to get a day off the father should be celebrated i mean there may even be a commandment in this old book of ours uh that happens to say something like honor father and mother I'm, i may be remembering that a little bit fuzzy but i'm probably not so you know it just, it hurts my heart a little bit to just feel that the only thing a father could be good for was, was getting a day off. And, and the rest of the time, since it's Sunday, the father already is there taking a nap or, or whatever. Again, I have been known to take a nap or two. That's fine. But the rest of the time, you work hard. You play with your kids hard. You, you just, you, you got to be involved and you got to do the best you can as a father because your time as a father is short in those formative years. And then once you're past the formative years, 18 plus, your role as father shifts a little bit, which also is important. But what I want to continue to talk about is a little bit of the cultural perspective because that's what we need to know. We need to understand if a father is only valuable for a day off here and there, then why are people without a father struggling in this society? And make no mistake, this is statistical now, right? This is the science or whatever you want to call it. People who don't have a father struggle in this society. It is proven. It, it's not even in, in controversy as, as far as studies go. Like in every instance, it, it, it's numerically shown that like, here's just a few things. Children without a father are four times more likely to live in poverty. They're 15 times more likely to commit suicide. They're 32 times more likely to run away. If they don't have a father, they're 20 times more likely to have behavioral issues, 14 times more likely to commit rape. They're nine times more likely to drop out of high school and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. That's not a study with any racial guidelines. These are just period, like people without fathers. Fathers are necessary and we need to act like they're necessary. We need to structure our society in better ways so that we appreciate fathers, not just for a day. Again, Father's Day is great. And, and again, I honor Father's Day out there. Uh, I honor fathers on Father's Day out there. But the father is so much more than a day. And it's such a crucial part of this family unit. That is then a crucial part of the society. Without the father, without the family, our society begins to break down. And we are seeing that in real time. I showed you some of the cartoons the other day. And you can see what life begins to look like when you don't have the good influence of a father. And each child needs a father in a little bit of a different way. Sons need a father. If you have boys, you know that boys are, for the most part, 
wild animals. Uh, that is just the truth. I have three boys just speaking anecdotally. They most often would rather run and hit and punch and kick and wrestle before they would talk or speak about anything that is going on. If you have boys, no boys, been in classroom with boys, uh, you know that's true. That, that's just true. Again, very generalizing. I understand that. But, but as a generality, that's very true. Boys are just wild and they're crazy. And what they need is a father or father figure in their life to be able to help them. My biggest challenge, again, anecdotally, as a father in my life is to get them to talk before they hit and elbow and wrestle and uh, hopefully not bite and do any other of those other things, right? That, that's my challenge. It's, they, are, they have the wild. What I need to help them with is the civil. How do you civilize a crazy, wild male human? Small human at that, right? That's the role of the father, among many others. But that's just, again, one generality. And by and large, the reason we know this is true as they grow up, by and large, if a boy does not have a father to show them how to be restrained, how to be civil, how to exercise that restraint, then the child, the boy, does not learn how to have restraint. And that is why you see, statistically, the men in prison for violent crimes almost all grew up without a father. This is a huge, huge deal. And of course, a boy needs his mother. I'm not making the counter argument on that, but a mother cannot model what a man is. That's just, again, when we talk about realities and biology, a mother is not a man. So a mother can do all kinds of things. And if you're a single mother, like, believe me, God bless you. So I'm talking in really big generalities. And again, God is big and God can do all kinds of things and God covers over so much that we don't even understand. But I'm just talking generally and in culture, when culture is so against fathers and so against men being in the household and men having any manly, the good manly traits, right? Chivalry and, and respect and honor. The culture is so against all of this and we need to, as fathers, both teach this and live up to this. It's not just to be forceful. It's not just to be authoritarian. That is not good and that does not help. You have to first go to your father, find out who you are supposed to be, follow God with all your heart and soul and mind, and then go into your house and into your family and help them, especially your sons, know how to do the same. Daughters also need a father. Daughters need a father to show them what a man is supposed to be. This is very, very important because without this, without knowing what a man is supposed to be, the daughter may inevitably choose a man who does not treat her well because she does not know how a man is supposed to treat her. This is a huge problem in our society. And unfortunately, you see that women, again, super generality. So, so forgive me for stating it this way, but there's no other way to state it sometimes then grow to choose continuously the wrong type of guy. You hear this, right? They're choosing the bad boy over and over and over again. And this, of course, has consequences emotionally, emotionally in relationships, and, and even sometimes physically and, and sexually in choosing men that are not good for them because they don't have a good model of what a good man is supposed to be. Fathers are really important to boys. They are really important to girls. But this culture is trying to get rid of fathers. The left is trying to get rid of fathers because this is just a little backstory. If this culture, if the left acknowledges how bad the consequence of missing fathers 
is two boys, two girls, two families, it breaks down these critical arguments. It breaks down this first argument that poverty causes all crime. If you can't say that finances cause all of the crime, then you can't say the government should come in and fix all the finances. And I'm not saying that finances don't play any part in crime, but it seems, again, statistically, that fatherlessness, not having a father, has a more direct correlation to higher crime. It's just statistically true. And the second is that racism causes more crime. This is a critical argument that the left puts out. Again, I'm not saying that there are not racist people out there. Of course there are, because we are all broken and we are capable of terrible things. But again, same issue. If you can't say that argument, then the government can't come in like they're doing now and saying that we need to impose things upon you to stop you generally uh, from being racist. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have legislation. And in fact, Again, point to me a legislation uh, on the books, a law on the books that is a racist law, and there just aren't any right now. Um, so to point to that as a cause of crime generally is a difficult argument, but that has to be their argument. And, and really, again, statistically, fatherlessness causes much more crime than any of those to things. The left has this goal of destroying the family, and we've discussed that in many ways here on Church Public. The family represents the nucleus of society. The family is and has always been the building block of society biologically, ideologically, theologically, philosophically, educationally. You have the responsibility and opportunity as a parent to impart values and character and morals and, of course, faith through your family. The left cannot stand this because they want to be the ones that give all of that to society. The left wants to be the giver of all things good. They want to give you the ideology, how you're supposed to think. They want to give you the theology, whether there is a God or not, or what that means for you. They want to give you philosophy, how you're supposed to live your life and how you're supposed to act in certain situations. And of course, they want to get rid of the faith because the faith stands in direct opposition to a lot of their values. And those two things cannot exist together, but you, the family, and I will say today, specifically the father, you stand in the way of their goals. The father is singled out because the father is placed as the head of the household by God, and we read about that earlier today. This is not me talking. This is not the way I decided to make it. You can be mad at me for this if you want, but this is the way that God decided to make it. I trust that God has the best way because I trust that God knows more than I do. I think God knows more than you do. So this society knows, and beyond and behind the society, the one that is pulling all of these strings, the devil clearly knows that the father is placed as the head of the household by God, and the devil is out to get the father. I, again, just going back to Genesis 3, I think this is important and, and just something to always keep in mind in this conversation and every conversation. Genesis 3, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord made. The devil is very crafty and he is very old and he is smarter than you or I combined. And he knows what is going to be best and he knows what's going to be worst for people in this world. So this attack on the Father, we have to, as faithful believers and followers of Jesus, understand that the reason this is so important, 
The reason it's so important to single out the father and get rid of the father is because the father makes a huge difference in the family, in the marriage, in the kids. The father makes an enormous enormous impact and we see that bore out in statistic after statistic after statistic it is not even close that fatherlessness what it does to this society and then you don't even have to take my word for it that they're coming after the father many organizations state this outright as their goal i can even point to one in this last year the organization blm incorporated up until this last year on their website when they removed it because i think it was getting too much press the website said quote we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and, quote, villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable, end quote. That was the direct quote that they had on their website for years and years and years, again, until they took it down because I think they got too much flack for it because it's saying the quiet part out loud. It's saying the thing like that underlying philosophy that you're not supposed to tell people you're really going after, but they said it out loud for years and years and years. I mean, this is, you know, again, don't take my word for it. This is all over the internet. Like this is what was on their website for a long time. And they're not the only group that believes things like this. And did you catch anything in there that was against the father? First of all, you're removing the, um, how do they say it? The Western prescribed nuclear family. You're removing the nuclear family structure. Of course, that's mother, father, child. And then you replace that with extended families because it takes a village, right? That's, that's the quote. It takes a village. That doesn't mean removing the father in its original context, by the way. But the it takes a village, then you remove that and the father is out of the picture and of course in the in the directions at the end of this quote are children mothers parents and children what was missing there something as uh, something uh, there's somebody missing there oh yeah fathers fathers are missing there because fathers cannot be part of this picture because they know that the father has so much uh weight and emphasis in the bible in god's plan in god's kingdom and in the family structure the father must be removed for the goals of the left to be realized. And that's just their goal. And that behind the left, again, is the devil just pushing for this because he knows that a weak family is no match for his schemes. At this point, the left, the state, has even offered a reward to not have the father in the home. The state will take care of you. You will get more money as a single mom if there is no father in the home. Again, that's just flat out true. Once the father is around, the mother, the family get less from the state in terms of welfare and health care and all kinds of other things. That's, that's just true. This began way back in the 60s with the Great Society governmental programs. And this has been a problem ever since. And it's created an epidemic in fatherlessness across America in many different races. Their ideology says you don't need to marry before you have children. We hear that over and over again. Marriage is not a goal. Even in our current generation, the marriage rate is, has fallen through the floor. That is their ideology. Again, you don't need to have a husband, but you can have children. Father is not important. The government says we will take care of you as a mother and you don't need a man. You don't need a father. And the evidence is we will pay you more money from the government if you don't have a man around, if you don't have a father around. And this all goes back to education. And, and specifically, you could say something like indoctrination. The teaching, if you can call it that, is solely designed to remove the child from the influence of the parents and remove the parents 
from the children. Uh, and, and, and I'll just give one more example. If, if you, as the parent in a normal public school, you, you are asked more and more, and you, you may or may not even realize this, and you may or may not be, uh, you, you may or have been acting too busy to even see this. And I, I understand that because, again, I have lots of kids and it's busy. But they ask you not to help in certain areas now. And they ask you not to check in. Even over this last year in Zoom calls and Zoom classes, there were several, there were many documented cases of the teacher saying, parent, you need to leave the room or telling the kids, don't have your parent in the room. Why? Because the teachers don't want the parents involved in the education. The teachers, the unions, the state does not want you, the parents, and especially the father pouring values and morals and faith into the children because that goes against their goals. What do we do? Fathers, first, thank you. You matter. You are so important. We need you. Step in, step up. First, seek after Jesus, develop your care, character, and then lead with courage. You can do this. God bless you, and especially fathers. To all of you out there, keep the faith.